0: welcome back to unreliable narrators where we narrate things unreliably i'm kiara and i'm maggie hey hey guess guess what's happening in 2020
1: what's happening in 2020 oh wait oh wait hold on i know what's happening in 2020 what i am going to turn 22
0: you are also it's a presidential election
1: that's also true
0: yeah but you know what's even better than the presidential election is it better than my birthday? Will you get mad if I say yes? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe you well, should just say it, and then we can decide. <laughs> the award, the Tony Award-winning Broadway musical *Hate Town* going on a national tour in the fall of 2020. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> our intros are always so awkward (laughs) we're just like hey did you hear about that one time or anyway so I saw that yesterday which was actually my birthday so it was a fun birthday present I was just like oh my goodness Haters Town is going on a national tour it's gonna be another year and I want to save up money and I want to go and I'm probably gonna try to drag you along with me if I go because I got you in Haters Town you did kind of Kind of.
1: Okay, no. What happened was, I saw something on Twitter about it, and I was like, huh, this seems interesting. And then I saw you talk about it, so I asked you about it. So you weren't the first person.
0: I'm pretty sure I told you about it before you asked me, though. You might still nope. have seen it, but I think I told you. Hold on. We're gonna do... We're, we're gonna check. This is gonna I be know. fact-checked. We'll see who can find <laughs> the first thing of Hades Town because... The
1: nice thing about being in a... I almost said being in a relationship. That's not the right word. The nice thing about having a friendship that's so almost hard. entirely on the internet is that all of your but conversations wait. are documented on the internet.
0: But wait, you said about not relationship. Are, are you breaking up with me, Maggie? Yes. Oh my, go- oh my gosh. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't
1: know that we were together. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I found it, actually. I and just I did, did, too. That. We were talking about Greek mythology, and you said, oh, speaking of Greek mythology, we were just having a conversation about mythology, you know, like any other nerds do. Well,
0: see, I think, like, the day or two before, I literally listened to it, and I had, t- I had told my parents, I'm like, I need to get Maggie into this now so she'll cry with me. <laughs> and so i was i was just like waiting for that opportunity to be like hey there's this new musical you should listen to which speaking of i still want to get you to listen to lin-manuel miranda's 21 chump street because it's Here's so great the thing. i probably won't but you should it's so short but what if i don't but what if you do and you love it it has it has uh anthony ramos in it Lawrence philip
1: I don't have any more time for any more committed musical relationships, okay? Listen, Hadestown, so the Broadway Jesus. recording, came out the same day as an album by my favorite band, and I'm, like, stressed out because I want to listen to Hadestown, but I also want to listen to this album by my favorite band, and if you think that's, you know, that's just two things. If you add another thing to that list, I'm going to lose my mind. But I'm, it's I'm,
0: a 13-minute-long musical that's I don't
1: have fun. 13 minutes.
0: You can watch the entire musical online, and it's based on a true story, and it's wonderful. And I like to listen. It's like five songs long. I'm going to send you one of the songs. <laughs> I'm, just but gonna I'm not going to listen to it. I'm going to I'm
1: deliberately
0: like... ignore that now. <laughs> just to hurt me. Just first to hurt, hurt you. First you break up with me, then you won't listen to my musical. Oh, I know. It's your musical? I didn't know you wrote it. <laughs> to my musical that I love, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I sing it all the time, so I might as well have started in it. Back to town. I'm looking at the messages
1: when we were talking about it, and yes. you called it a sort of Great Depression era slash post-apocalyptic retelling of the story of Orpheus and Eurydice.
0: That's how Wikipedia described it whenever I was, uh, like, I didn't get that whole post-apocalyptic I thing. I didn't get it either. But Wikipedia said it, so I was like, I- so it must be true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But is that any le- Is that any
1: like weirder than the thing I found earlier today? Hold on, I'm trying to find it because I know I sent it to you. I was reading something else about um, Hades Town earlier today before we were recording, and oh, someone described it as an anti-capitalist parable, <laughs> which isn't wrong, but I find it really funny for some reason.
0: Yeah, I feel like a lot of people, okay, well, I was just about to be like, oh, a lot of people, you know, make that whole thing of, oh, it's warning against capitalism, and I wanted to be like, that's stupid, but then I remembered the other day, whenever you and I were at the one bookstore, <laughs> and every book said anything about capitalism, I was like, look, it's Hades, so. Yeah, no, part what the was the
1: one that we saw? I took a picture of it, and I was going to put it on Reddit, but then I decided not to, because it was kind of a... No, I still have the picture. I just don't know where I put where it is. Oh, Oh, capitalism without democracy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And Kiara just goes, oh, that's for Hades. And I'm like, (laughs) you're not wrong, but why is that the first place you went? To clarify, I'm not saying that... Hades Town as a quote unquote anti-capitalist parable isn't accurate. I'm just saying that is a very narrow description of the musical as a whole. There's a lot more going on here.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's a lot more you can take away from it. Like, especially whenever it comes to the relationships in it, like yes. uh, Hades and Persephone, and then Orpheus and Eurydice, and they're just like, nope, it's capitalism. And I'm like, Okay, but also 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 the other part though.
1: Okay. But that means we get some really great capitalism memes. Have have I sent you all the Hades Town memes I found? Ever since the Broadway recording came out, there's been a lot more great memes. I've made one and it's it was such like it was such a spiritual experience.
0: The bad thing is you say capitalism meme and the first thing that comes into my head is the Dragon Prince Renan. <laughs>
1: I found something you fear worse than death. Capitalism.
0: <laughs> I had that permanently saved on my phone and I just look at it sometimes and laugh. I'm just like, oh, I love the dragon prince. But yes, the capitalism right. meme from Hades Town were good yeah. too. And for anyone who doesn't know, because I realized we just kind of started talking about this. Yeah. Hades maybe we Town... should go back to actually talking about Hades Town quick. Instead of capitalism. Instead Hades of Cal- Town is a musical that is a post-apocalyptic. No, just kidding. It's not. I don't think it's actually <laughs> post-apocalyptic. Do but you it want me kind to of describe a, it. It does kind of seem like a Great Depression era retelling of Orpheus and Eurydice. Okay, like the basis, the most basic way you can describe it is that it is a retelling of the Greek myth of Orpheus and Eurydice. Like, do whatever else you want with it. It does kind of remind me of like Great Depression era a lot because of the style of music. It's very. Mm-hmm jazzy thing which yeah what? and the costume what? design too oh yeah I forgot cause yeah yeah the costumes are very like 20s 30s well not 20s more like 30s ish well yeah it's very
1: little... 30s and it's very industrial so like yes it's very like you know Town is factories and warehouses it's very industrial as opposed to more of not to get too crazy but like more of than, like, a service economy. You know, does that make sense? It's more blue-collar than white-collar.
0: And so if you don't know what a Hades sound is and you still are confused, just go listen to it. Or listen to us talk about it and try to figure it out along the way. Because I do not have time to go through all of it and try to explain it. I was trying to explain it to my mom the other (laughs) day. (laughs) Because I feel so bad because I confused her because... I was listening to some of the songs in the car, but I wasn't listening to them in order. Why so would later, you do that? I rarely ever do that, but it was because we only had, like, a certain amount of time, and there were, like, a few specific songs I wanted to listen to, like, some of my favorites. Okay,
1: that's fair. And
0: then later that evening, she was asking me about it, like, what was the myth of Orpheus and the Sea, because she couldn't remember, so I was telling mm-hmm. her, and then I started going into... This is how Hades Town retells it. And I'm like halfway through and I'm talking about um Hades getting Eurydice to come to Hades Town. My mom stops me and she's like, Wasn't she already there? Because he took her out with him. I'm like, no, that's at the end whenever they are trying to walk out together. And she's like, But what about that song that you played? And I'm like, I don't know. So now she Because you played them there. for her out of order. Why would you do that? Well, I wasn't playing them for her. I was just playing them. <laughs> wow, that's hard. And apparently, she listened. She says now that she needs to listen to the whole thing, and I'm like, I will listen to this like whole two hour this album with you. I will absolutely do mm-hmm. that. But I don't know if it'll make it any clearer because, like, whenever oh, I God. when I listen to a new musical, I will always go and find usually it is wikipedia but where it has like an in-depth description of the play mm-hmm. and then it'll like tell you about which parts songs play yeah and so then i'll read it and then every time i reach one of those songs i listen to the song and then i keep going and then that usually helps me get a pretty good idea of what's happening on the stage when the song isn't playing and i'm not knowing what's happening yeah. so that's how i do it so i don't know if you just listen to Town. If it would make sense or not, I mean, maybe with the broader. I broad think it would. Recording it would. I
1: think it would make a lot more sense than since we were talking about we were talking about Dear Evan Hansen earlier. Um, it would make a lot more sense to listen to just Hades Town without knowing anything else about it than to listen to Dear Evan Hansen without knowing anything else about it, because that cast it's recording true. is like twenty minutes long. Not really, but it feels true. like.
0: Yes, true. That would be. There's so much, and there's like some key plot points that. Are actually in spoken scenes and aren't in the songs, and that all yep. like, like you go from waving through a window. Yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't even meet Connor or anything nope. in there. Uh, like, he, I think he's like in the chorus singing in waving through a window and stuff. Like on stage, you see him because I've seen mm-hmm. a performance of it, but like you don't meet him, and then. It's waving through a window, and then doesn't it go straight to Sincerely Me? No, it's For Forever, Sincerely Me. Oh, right, For, for Forever. So For Forever, you're like, who is happening? What is yeah. happening? Who is happening? And then it goes to Sincerely Me, and then... I'm trying <laughs> and to- you really don't know what's going on at that point. Yeah, <laughs> and you're just like, what is this thing? And then I don't even know a requiem I guess that after Sincerely Me you might start to realize like someone died or something but yeah, it's just like maybe. <laughs> yeah. so well, anyway but...
1: back to Hadestown yeah. I feel like we should talk a little <laughs> bit more about it so Hadestown I'm actually reading this off of Wikipedia I know it but I want to make sure I get the dates right so Hadestown was originally a concept album written by Anais Mitchell which I hope I'm saying her name right I'm pretty sure that's how it goes but someone can correct me if i'm wrong i forgot to look that one up before this so she wrote this concept album in 2010 and then it was turned in it was adapted into an off-broadway um, musical production in 2016 and it ran for a couple months then it, was, it there were also productions in edmonton and london and then it finally came to broadway in march of 2019 And it was developed, this is the quote from Wikipedia. Um, It was developed for the stage and directed by Rachel Chavkin. I think that's how you say her name too. Probably wrong. But yeah, so it's been around for a while. And it's gone through a lot of different iterations. And I think today, since we both listened before the Broadway cast recording came out at the end of July 2019... Kiara and I listened to the live off-Broadway recording um, for a long time, and then the Broadway recording came out. And I think today we were going to talk about just sort of our experiences listening to those two and the story and stuff like that, probably, right?
0: Yeah. So the thing with the live recording uh, is that it only has a select few songs. It does not have the entire album. And it isn't even, like, like, how we were saying Dear Evan Hansen, Dear Evan Hansen doesn't have any of the songs that are reprises of the originals. And so, but it has like every single like main song. But with the Hades Town Lab recording, I don't even know that it even has like half of every single song, which is fine. You can still get the idea and the gist of what's happening with it. Like, for example, whenever I read the Wikipedia stuff and I went along to the songs, I was fine, I knew it was happening. But now, whenever they release the Broadway album, they have every single song on it, which is wonderful, and that makes it a whopping 40 songs, which makes me happy because I just like listening to all of it. So there are a lot of songs that maybe were on like the concept album but weren't included in the live recording, and now we're on the Broadway cast. They're sort of new yet not new, and then there are some songs that were also in the live recording but have been drastically changed and so i i have very strong opinions about some of these songs and the changes that have made to them because i fell in love with the live recording first so today i told maggie i was like what if we made a list of our top five song favorite songs from the live recording and then our top five songs from the Broadway cast recording and see how much it changes, if it changes, and why it changes. So that is what we did. So do you you have your lists, Maggie? I do.
1: Real quick, just like in reference to the concept album, it's not very long. I I think it's about as long as the live recording. So about 20 songs, maybe, give or take. I have still not listened through the whole thing. I've listened to a couple songs from it, um, especially ones that weren't on the live recording. But it's just, for whatever reason, the style of music, like the, the genre that the concept album is in, isn't something that, it, I just have a hard time listening to it. And that doesn't mean it's bad or that I don't like it. It's just, For some reason, I can't seem to pay attention to it for more than like seven songs at a time. Because then I'm like, why don't I just listen to the musical, which I like a lot more. So anyway, that's not to bash the concept album. It's just like, I haven't listened to the whole thing. And I don't think, Kiara, have you ever listened to the whole thing either?
0: Oh, definitely not. I know I have a few songs that I think I started listening to or listened to maybe like once or twice whenever I was originally going through the live recording and at that mm-hmm. point I didn't quite realize that it didn't have all the songs uh, and so like I'm googling uh, well not googling I was on YouTube so I was YouTubing YouTube-ing. I was YouTubing all these songs and like epic one and it's coming up and then I'm listening to it but it has like a different cover yeah. and then it was some totally different guy and it wasn't like the same like genres you were saying and I was just like mm-hmm. what is happening here yeah. and then I realized oh okay some of them were on this concept album and some on her specific okay how did you say her name again? Anais because in my head I say Anais and I don't know which maybe one it is one. Anais hold on I'm so, gonna look it up now <laughs> Mrs. Mitchell she her, you she don't know if she's out. married Ms. Mitchell <laughs> and... But anyway, yeah, so that happened. Now now I got distracted. So yeah, I don't think the concept album is so, such an early thing, too, is really, I guess, necessary to put in a ranking because it didn't have all the actors yet. It wasn't actually being performed. They weren't polished, which the live recordings the songs were polished for that point in time because they were being performed. It's just that now they revisited them and changed a lot of things and polished mm-hmm. them even more. But like with the concept album, it's exactly that. It was a concept. It was an idea. So yeah. that's why we're not including it. Did you find a pronunciation? I'm thing? looking.
1: All right. We're gonna look at this interview with her. Okay.
0: Okay. This
1: lady said Aeneas.
0: Okay. Well let's hopefully that is correct. I don't know. Apparently, I was pronouncing the very first, well, not the first uh, Orpheus, but the first who acted in the actual, well, as Orpheus, I was pronouncing Mm -hmm. his name, his last name wrong forever, and just, like, five minutes before we started recording, I actually Googled it. Well, again, I YouTubed it because I watched an interview with him, and he was just like, hi, I'm Damon, I'm Damon Dono, and I'm just like, wait, you're not Damon Duano? What? So... But also he the
1: vowels around.
0: Yeah, apparently I've been spelling it wrong too. I don't know. I'm sorry, Damon. I love you. I, you have a very beautiful voice. I'm, I'm ashamed. I'm sorry.
1: He's doing right. fine. He. I'm pretty sure he just got nominated and maybe won a Tony. Oh no, he and didn't then, win it, but he did get nominated. So.
0: Yeah, I knew he was nominated because he's apparently in Oklahoma now. Yeah, which is cool, I guess. I don't know. Which is cool, like, I guess.
1: You really don't care. <laughs> Anyway. I don't know
0: anything really about Oklahoma. Like, I've never, I've heard of it, but I've never listened to anything by it. I don't even buy right. it. I've never listened to anything from it. I don't know what it's about, other than it possibly takes place in Oklahoma.
1: It's actually in a red California. Herring. Actually, no, it's in
0: Alaska. <laughs> it's just a red herring. I'm just like, yeah, Oklahoma. <laughs> okay, should I'm we a... get into our lists?
1: Yeah, we should probably get into our lists. So why don't you, okay, okay. let's start with the live recording, so our favorites from the live recording which is half as long as the broadway recording why don't you start with your number five from
0: there okay my number five is doubt comes in what's your number five promises Promises. why don't
1: okay why don't you like hold on hold on we i don't like that reaction why don't you like promises
0: Okay, I like Promises, but after listening to Promises from the live recording and Promises from the Broadway recording back-to-back today as I was going through making notes, Mm -hmm. I really, really do not like the live recording and some of the lines that are in it. Why not? (laughs) I was listening to it today, and I realized that the way it starts, which the Broadway one does not start with, is... Both Orpheus and Eurydice, to me, it sound, It probably isn't meant this way, but, like, they're talking to each other, or singing, and they're like, well, these are all the promises you made to me, you promised this and this and this, but to me, it just sounds very accusatory. Like, you promised you would do this, and you didn't, and you promised that, whereas in the Broadway version, Orpheus is, like, the first one that talks and is, well, they're talking about leaving, and then Orpheus stops you at a scene. He admits, I'm sorry, I did make promises to you about what I could give you, and I can't. And like that's that's a point in which he's maturing. And that mm-hmm. does happen in the live one, but it happens later in the song. And I don't know if they're really trying to blame each other in the first half. I just realize that to me, it sounds that way. And I like how the other one, instead of them sort of, pointing out the promises they made i like the orpheus just straight up owns it in the broadway version so Mm -hmm. i'm not a huge fan of promises now from the live recording okay
1: that's a very fair point because i did have a hard time deciding which version i liked more i didn't want to repeat every song on both of my lists but i think that what i came down to with this one was I, i didn't see it as accusatory let's let's start with that and they both made promises that they broke like It starts off with Eurydice saying, yeah, you, promises you made to me, you said the rivers and the trees, something, something. Anyway, every, something didn't work. She references Wedding Song, which I didn't know until I listened to the Broadway one, but anyway. So she, she points out like, hey, you made me these promises and you didn't fulfill them. But then Orpheus comes back and says, yeah, but you also promised that you would stay with me and wouldn't leave me. And you broke that too. And I liked that, mo- I liked having that as their place to start, rather than, it, some. in some ways, the Broadway recording makes it feel like everything's okay now, and we didn't really talk about what hurt us. Does that make sense?
0: I guess, but then I don't really, I guess I don't feel like that really happens. Like, if that's what you're looking for, to me, I don't get that feeling from the original promises either. So, but- I don't know. But they just, start
1: from a point of, you know, we we disappointed each other, but we're still choosing to trust each other and move forward from this.
0: I don't know. Maybe it's also just because I just cannot like Eurydice in the live recording. I, I don't like I've her listened, that much either. Now that I've listened, <laughs> you'll remember that I used to blame everything on Eurydice back she in the live did, recording. And I'm, I was like, I, why do you hate her so much? I did. I was like Orpheus is a pure innocent cinnamon roll and I love him and she's a terrible person and she left him and he was just trying to sing and and I admit that that wasn't the best perspective and it wasn't an accurate perspective but I do think it was also because a lot of really song a lot of songs that were very integral to developing their personalities were either not in the live recording and now I've listened to them in the Broadway one. Mm-hmm. Some of the songs that they originally had like with Chant, which I'm sure we'll get to at some point, yes. had lines that were changed for the Broadway recording that reflected the story a lot better. Because mm-hmm. I actually, whenever I first listened to the Broadway version of Chant and I was like, like I just finished it and I'd heard Orpheus's new lines. I came back to you and I remember saying, I never thought I would say this, but Orpheus messed up and it's not well, all Eurydice's yeah. fault because Let's... I finally got that context and I didn't really get that in the live recording. And then I also just really like Eva as Eurydice and I think she brings mm-hmm. a lot of character to her. She's probably is all such a good thing. I really like her, yeah. Okay. Especially as I was listening back to them. I was like, Eva brings a lot more personality to her than I felt the original mm-hmm. one did. There's nothing against her. Like, she's just a pretty voice and all. It's just that that's what I got out of it. Yeah. Okay. So here's a
1: couple of um, quotes from Kiara regarding how much she hates Eurydice. Quote oh, no. I will happily blame Eurydice on your behalf. Eurydice is problematic and Orpheus is pure, and I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> um, let's see. That's about right. <laughs> there was another one. Oh, wait, here's when here's when she starts to have some character development. TBH, once I realized the fates were pulling a lot of strings, I started being more sympathetic to Eurydice. True. I, okay, here we go, here we go. I never thought I would say this, but after seeing how Orpheus acted in the new chant, I admit he is part of the problem and that Eurydice was just trying her best. Yes! There we go. That's character (laughs) development, everybody. That's real character development. Alright, but you you wanted to talk about Doubt
0: Comes In. I stole the spotlight from you entirely. Uh, Yes! Doubt Doubt Comes In. I, oh my goodness, I love... I love Dalkinson. Sorry, I stopped myself right there because ever since I've been editing our episodes and I've had to listen to myself over and over, I realized that I'm always saying I love things. That's like my only descriptor is I love it. So I. It's okay. Use I use now. like as a verbal pause.
1: So I listen back to some of our episodes sometimes and I'm like, why am I like this? See, I just <laughs> did it again. I don't know how to talk like a normal human being.
0: Neither do I. Why did we think making a podcast would be a good idea? This was your idea. Hey, don't throw me under the bus. I'm if just saying
1: it was your doubt. idea. Anyway, but, tell me about Doubt Comes In.
0: Doubt Comes In. It. I, I'm trying to even think of where I want to put my words first because I just love everything about it and it's so good. My absolute favorite part of *Doubt* comes in, and probably what gets it to that spot in the list, even though it is almost number six, it almost you know makes it off the list, is Damon, who was the first, the live recording, Orpheus, just his role in that song. The Fates are okay in the song. I I'm fine with them. Eurydice is okay in the song, whatever. But we all know you hate her. No, not anymore. I don't. Well, this one you do. Okay, yeah, I do. Anyway. <laughs> but Damon just kills it, and it's so good because basically at this point, Orpheus is walking with Eurydice out of Hades Town, but Eurydice is behind him and he can't see, hear, or feel her, like if she touches his arm or anything. And so he's starting to doubt that she's actually there. And he's getting scared and he just wants her to be there but he knows that he's not allowed to look back or else she'll be stuck in Hades Town forever. And so he's singing about the doubt coming and about him not knowing what to do. But it's not even so much the lyrics that he's singing, but it's the way that it's sung because Orpheus, both the Damon and the Reeve Carney incarnations are both known for their falsetto. It's absolutely beautiful amazing to listen to but at this point somehow Damon as orpheus goes even higher but he also makes his voice tremble a lot so i really believe he's scared and that he's faltering there's even actually one of the last lines orpheus is Orpheus's Orpheus Orpheus sings is in doubt comes in and then subsequently in the entire musical is Orpheus going, Doubt comes in, and my heart and my heart falters and forgets the songs it sung. Wait, is that? I don't remember actually, it might not be this forget the songs it sung, but it does say my heart falters, and like his voice just shakes on that, and it's I definitely feel the emotion, and I guess I'm very, I've mentioned this before, like two, episode, two or three episodes back, where I was like, I'm a very emotional person, and I am, so I'm very emotion forward, so to me, if I, I was able to feel that emotion, I was just like, oh, oh, that hits me right in the heart, and so that's why it has to be one of my favorites, because it's so emotional, and it actually, like, it gets, it gets, it. it's a good climactic song, it's not anti-climactic, like, it, it goes for it. So, Mm -hmm. I really like Doubt Comes In. I feel like I I, talked a bit wrong about that.
1: (laughs) Okay. I have something to add to that, actually. Because, like, how you said Promises, you enjoyed more on the Broadway recording than on the cast recording. That's how I feel about Doubt Comes In. Okay, I have a question for you, actually. I know in the original myth that Orpheus has no idea that Eurydice is following him. He just has to trust that she's following him out of Hades. Yes. Right, Yeah. But for some reason, I feel like he can hear her talking in the the musical. I don't think so. Are you sure? That's never been clear to me. And I was curious to know what you thought. Because I go back and forth.
0: Maybe it's just because I'm familiar. Like, I think of the original myth and I just assume that. Because, I mean, they never say oh, you, you know, you won't be able to hear her. Like, there doesn't seem to be, well, never mind. I was going to say there's not, there doesn't seem to be as much magic and focus on magic in the musical, but then again, or magic and this magic of springs, I guess it doesn't really fit. But Mm -hmm. they don't really say, oh, we're gonna, you know, magically take away that you can hear her or feel her or see her. But I feel like you would have to and that Hades would think of that or the fates would make him think of that. I'm going to look up the lyrics real quick to the original doubt comes in because I feel like he says something about, about it. Anyway, besides the point on that, I like the doubt comes
1: in on the Broadway recording better because in the live recording, it makes him, it sounds like he's doubting Eurydice, which doesn't make sense given Everything that has happened prior to this, like they've they've made amends in their relationship. They have decided they're going to do this together. And now all of a sudden he's doubting her again. That doesn't make that doesn't add up in my brain. But in the Broadway recording, it sounds more like he's doubting himself and doubting Hades. He says, who am I against him Who am I that he would let her go? I think that's the line. I'm probably missing a word or two there. So he's kind of doubting, like, who am I to stand up against the king? Who am I that he would just, you know, let this go without any consequences? Sort of doubting the trustworthiness. And then one of my other favorite lines from that is, who am I that she would follow me into the cold and dark again? And just that sort of self-doubt. Like, he's not doubting that Eurydice... He's not doubting Eurydice's love, but he's saying like, man, I am really. He he feels like he's not worth her following him. He's like, I I disappointed her once, and like she knows that it's probably not going to be easy. So why would she leave a place that has given her the safety that she craves? So I
0: found, I actually found the lyric that it it's not it doesn't explicitly say it, so I don't know. But in the live recording of doubt comes in, Orpheus does say doubt comes in and all falls silent. It's as though you are not there. So, uh, I mean... And she does then, you know, a few lines later, sing, but he also doesn't reply to any of her singing, too, which makes mm-hmm. me think, so, like, for example, she says, Orpheus, you're shivering. Is it cold or fear? And his next line doesn't even acknowledge that. Okay. So, I, I think so.
1: Interesting. Anyway. I don't know. I'm not that attached to this song in any way. It didn't make my list. It didn't make either of my lists, but I do enjoy the Broadway recording better, but anyway. I
0: will, I will say, even though it's a little bit of a spoiler, I will say that there are three songs that are the same on both of my lists. They're in different places, but I like them on both lists, and Doubt Comes In is on my other list as well for the Broadway, because I do really, really like the Broadway one as well, so, and since Uh-oh. Doubt Comes In. Down comes in is obviously number five, it will either be the same place or higher. So Okay. I might, well, I might definitely agree. just stole your thunder. Sorry. <laughs> well no, you'll see. No, we can talk about it once we get to where it is. Okay. So what's your what's your number four from the live recording? M- my number
1: four from the live recording is Chant. The first I one. like Chant. I love um, Chant. Um I don't know. I don't really have much to say about it. I don't know. I just I like it. It's catchy. I like the way that it moves the story along. I enjoy it musically, but it's not my favorite. I'll leave it at that. I don't know. It's one of my favorites, but it's not. It's it was number four for a reason.
0: <laughs> I number my number four is Way right Down Hades Town, of course, the first, not the second. Mm-hmm. And I wow. was telling you before we started recording that whenever i was doing the live recording not as much the broadway cast recordings i still am learning some of the quote unquote newer songs or some of the newer lines but for the live recording which i have like pretty much everything memorized i was kind of putting them in order of how much i find myself just singing the song randomly so
1: mm-hmm.
0: i also you know put whether how much i like i liked the song or if I had any like emotional attachment to the song or whatever, in in a, into account as well. But I I definitely was like, how much do I sing it? So number four is Way Down Hades Town, and I do sing that one a lot. And so I sing it. I it was hard not to put it higher, but other other songs beat it out. But I do I sing Way Down Hades Town all the time. I'll just like randomly be song. I'll just be like, Way Down Hades Town, way down under the ground. I think that might have been like potentially like the second song I heard I think Mm -hmm. because there were like these two animatics that I watched before I started actually going into Hades Town I was super confused while I was watching them but they were really good (laughs) I actually will put both of those in the show notes so you guys go watch them I don't remember the YouTuber's name off the top of my head but I know I'll be able to find them Mm -hmm. easily and put them in here and they're awesome go comment on this person's thing and be nice to them and give them a compliment and tell them that they were mentioned on Unreliable Narrators. They should come listen.
1: <laughs> tell them they should come listen to our podcast, yes. where we almost, where we occasionally talk about musicals,
0: and tell them that we love them or that I love mm-hmm. them because Maggie hasn't seen the animatics yet, but
1: I love them. <laughs> okay, I've tried to watch animatics and I can't seem to get into it for some reason. Well,
0: it depends on who, It depends on like the song and the artist style because there are some styles that I just can't get into and like, but there are some like I watch them just like this is so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Like there, like there, there's one, there's one I'll send to you that I could see you possibly liking a little bit more. I mean it's okay if you don't, but I'll send one to you and see if maybe you like that one because that was there was one that I listened that I watched and I was just like, this is so amazing. It's not okay. Hades Town, but mm-hmm. it was another you know, one. It's just like this that. That actually, that one, that animatic is like the whole reason I follow this artist now, just because Aww. I was just, so cool. <laughs> okay, I,
1: slightly off topic. I saw one for um, the Lightning Thief musical. I forget which song it was. I think it was the day I got expelled. i think um, it
0: might be because I've seen one that was. I've
1: seen that, and I. I tried to watch it, and then I was like, I've seen this on stage. Why am I watching this?
0: (laughs) I was like, I "I would much
1: rather hear it in my, like, watch it in my memory than watch not that I don't like other artist interpretations of it. I was just like, eh. It's also like a seven-minute long song, so I was like,
0: eh. Yeah, and like I said, that one I did watch, but it also, oh, oh, there's also a Dear Evan, speaking Dear Evan Hansen, well, not really speaking Mm -hmm. of it, but forever ago we were speaking about it. There's yes. uh, an animatic for, for forever. I've that, seen that actually. I think I watched that. You might have, I don't know. Cause I think there's probably several of them, but there's one that I found and it was just like, I love their style and I love their storytelling. This is so wonderful. <laughs> and why can't I be an artist? I really like artists so much. <laughs> <laughs> just follow all these. Every once I've like started building up more artists that I follow on Instagram so, sometimes I'll go to, like, the Instagram recommended or, like, discover feed. And since I usually, you know, I'm following these artists and I'll be liking their posts. And a lot of their posts have, like, different art hashtags. So, it'll be like, you've liked this many things from hashtag art this weekend, this week, or whatever. Then sometimes it'll, like, show, it'll recommend some of their art accounts. <laughs> and I've started following some other ones that I just randomly found that I've been like, oh, my goodness, I just love your art. So. If anyone out there, if you do art, like send me your Instagram link or something, or tweet at us on Twitter at Unreliable Pot, or well, or just at me, because I don't know if Becky wants to see it. I'd but like you, to see it. Okay, don't you can assume. Do it
1: well,
0: I don't know. I just know that, like, for me, I'm just like send me all the all the all the awesome art. I love art so much. I probably if I wasn't such a perfectionist, I actually took the time and didn't expect to like be great after like five minutes, I'd probably be able to learn, but I don't probably. know. That's for, that's for the future. Well, anyway, back to Hadestown.
1: Yeah. Actually, I don't have anything substantial to add about Way Down Hadestown, but I do think that you should link to um, the video. This has to do with the Broadway cast, but um, they did a performance of Way Down Hadestown on Live with Kelly and whoever her co-host is now. And it's worth watching if just for the moment where right as they're introducing Hades to the show or in the song, I should say. And he comes up right behind where Kelly and What's-His-Face are sitting, the hosts of whatever this morning talk show. And his first line is, Or or Persephone says um, you're early and he says I missed you but like it's the first time you hear his voice and it's so low and he literally just like sneaks up behind them and seeing (laughs) the dude's reaction to hearing him is hysterical so if I can find that video I think we should add that as well because that's even if you know nothing about this it's worth it to just see whatever this guy's name is Ryan Seacrest oh it's Ryan Seacrest well whoever he is
0: yeah, if it's Kelly oh. and Ryan, it's Ryan Seacrest. Oh, great, good. I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> well, in the last episode, we established that I just randomly remember names, so oh, well, I just like, oh yeah. Shall we move yeah. on to number three? Yes, my number three is actually Chant. I have Chant higher than you do. Wow, you're better than me. Why does that mean I'm better than you? It just means I don't I'm, know.
1: <laughs> I just make <laughs> assumptions okay what's your number three my number three is wait for me
0: wait for me i'm coming you're singing along <laughs> okay sorry so well i think wait for me is a good number three i mm-hmm. that's the first song i ever heard or like heard the entire song from because that actually was like the one animatic I saw. because The story of how I got into Town, is fairly short, but it's... But that... you're going to tell it. It's a short! That's why I said I was going to tell it! It's a short story. And it helps give some context into why I also, I think, have some like nostalgic attachment to wait for me, even though I've only liked Town for, like, four months or whatever. Uh, then, the YouTuber I follow, Thomas Sanders, had this game that he played with his friends where they tried they gave each other like different broadway songs they would start singing it and then their friend would have to finish not knowing the song and they mentioned Town, and Town is one of the songs and they didn't say what any of these musicals were about but they did jamal did part of way down Town, like only like two or three lines and then oh my gosh i cannot remember valerie valerie oh i feel so terrible that I forgot her name because I, I really like her. She had to try to finish, and so she did, and they were not even close to the actual lyrics. So that was technically the first I ever heard from Hadestown, but I don't count that because even though it was from Way Down Hadestown, I didn't know anything about the musical. It was only a few lines. I didn't even hear the whole song. But Wait For Me, then probably like months and months later, for some reason, YouTube decided that this Wait For Me animatic should show up in my recommended feed. And I was like, oh, this is Hadestown. I remember Thomas Sanders and his friends mentioning it. Huh. And so then I just listened to it, and I was like, I like this. And then I was like, did he say Hermes? Did he say Eurydice? Is this is this Greek mythology? And then I Googled it and went down that rabbit hole, and I fell in love with it. So I think that not only do I just like wait for me in general, because I love just Damon's voice as he's like, no... Wait for me, I love you, but then I also have that attachment too. That was the first one I heard, and I loved it. And now I get to be a part of this musical, and I enjoy it. Aw, okay. But...
1: I have to ask though: Did the fact that it's called Hades Town not clue you into the fact that it's mythology related?
0: Not really, because people can like, people can use Hades Town, or I don't know. Use it for other things, and so I didn't. I guess expect it to be Greek mythology. Okay. I wondered about it. Okay, so te- so whenever I watched that video and they sang that little bit of it, it's the line about like follow the dollar from far away from the poorhouse door. Follow yeah, the dollar for long town way down. down, ain't no difference anymore. And then the way down, hate is down, way down into the ground. And so my only context was that. Hadestown was obviously a place, and this was a very jazzy sort of music, and so I was thinking of some sort of maybe, like, New Orleans, like... It does have a very New Orleans vibe to it. Yeah. People because... have said that
1: before. I don't so, know about New Orleans.
0: I think because New Orleans is very known for its jazz, and so that's probably why, since it's so heavily jazzy, heavy jazz influence. So that's... That was my only idea for it i don't know i just feel like i've heard people people have said about going down to hades or something when it's not used in the context of greek mythology where it's like based off of greek mythology like it's based off in the fact that hades obviously references the god of the dead but they're not using it in that term like sometimes instead of saying hell someone will say hades so even though Hades, no swearing on the podcast
1: kiara This is a clean Christian podcast. (laughs) We don't say the H word.
0: (laughs) This is what heck?
1: H-E double hockey sticks. (laughs) I wish I had a
0: dynamic mic. (laughs) That actually reminds me of the one uh, C sketch where they're playing little kids. And the one kid is like, not until <laughs> H-E-double-C-K free- freezes over. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. <laughs> because he's he spelling out. Because he, he's spelling out. Heck. Anyway, the so people who use it, so I didn't, I wasn't sure. And I guess I didn't think that like a popular musical would really do stuff with Greek mythology, even though I love mm-hmm. it. So, but then I heard, like, um, where's Eurydice? And I'm like, is he saying Eurydice? And I'm like, Eurydice is Greek, is this Greek, is this the story of Eurydice, especially whenever Hermes is like, what well, if I told you she's down below, and I'm like, oh, is this Greek, and I got really excited, That, that well, the, the rest of the story, and I still get excited about anything, so now I was oblivious, and it did not cross my mind that it was Greek mythology until I heard Greek mythology specific names like Eurydice.
1: Okay, I guess that's number
0: three, let's talk about number two. I realized that I was talking about wait for me in the number three, and I was talking about that so much, and that was your number three. I didn't even it like, was talk about number three, which is chant. Yeah. Well, your number
1: two is you. You talked a bit about chant, right? I don't know.
0: I don't actually have much to say about okay. chant. All we all talked about is... chant already because it was really on my list. It's awesome. I love. I think my favorite parts of chant. In both chants, honestly, is Persephone and Hades and their interactions, and I'm always constantly just randomly started. Mm-hmm. I like Hades' lines a lot, so I randomly would just be like, "Lover, you were God, so Lover, i was lonesome." And I'll just like randomly start singing that. What's your number two? My uh, number two
1: is "Wait for Me Too." Actually, I like "Wait for Me Too" better than "Wait for Me," just because blasphemy. It feels. Did you say blasphemy? Yes. Listen, if there's anything we've learned about this podcast, it's that I'm a heretic. So anyway, I like Wait for Me to better because it feels a lot more hopeful and I like to pretend that that's the end of the musical. Not really, but yeah, that's the end. It's the happy ending. But Okay, in all seriousness, I really like it because I like that there's a hopeful note and even though we know that Bad things are about to happen, and that Eurydice is going to get stuck in Hades' town, and Orpheus is going to be alone. There is still some, there's still some hope in there, and especially the like the exchange between Persephone and Hades. Uh, you think they'll make it? I don't know. Hades, you let them go. I let them try. And how about you and I? Are we gonna try again? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. It's almost spring. We'll try again next fall. Wait for me. I will. And I just think that. I, I kind of, I can talk about this more later, but I just like the way that, you know, even though things are going to end badly for the protagonists, and we know that, there's still some hope that things have been brought back to order in a larger sense, because the fact that Hades and Persephone are, they're, they've they've come to an agreement, they've come to, they're back on good terms again, means that the world is going to go back to the way it should be, which is a good thing. That's been kind of the big problem in the background of the whole musical. So, And I just feel like vocally, I like this one. Like, musically and vocally, I like this one a lot better. I don't know. I find it more fun to listen to. So that's why it's number two. That's why it's higher. That's why I'm a heretic.
0: Well, remember whenever... Wait For Me was number three on yours, and I, for some reason, started ranting about it. Yeah. Well, that's because Wait For Me is my number two. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I, we already I, know what
0: you think about it. I pretty much already said why I like it. I really like Wait For Me. It's my number two. It, it's, it's awesome. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay, and then, why don't you tell
0: me about your number one, then? My number one is Epic Two. What is yours? Mine is Chant Two, actually. Chant to, Chant to is good. You so, you, yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say I don't know which one because I feel like I was just talking about Wait for Me for forever, but that was back. I guess at number three. Yeah, Epic two. Okay, so if you would have asked me probably maybe like a month, maybe two months ago, what is your favorite Hades Town song? I would have immediately gone Wait for Me. Wait for Me is my favorite. I listen to it all the time. It's amazing. And I still really like Wade For Me, hence why it's at number two. But as I went back and I started actually listening to the album in order more often, like I had before, I had it like once before, but then I started doing it more again. And so instead of just being the songs that the first time I ever listened, I kind of grabbed onto, I started rediscovering some of the songs that I hadn't attached to as strongly, but maybe now that I was liking more, And one of those was Epic 2. And I... Either I said it, or I sent it to you, or I just tweeted it out into the great unknown. I don't know, but I remember at some point I said to someone that, how long have I been sleeping on Epic 2? Like, how have I slept on this? This is amazing. (laughs) And so as I listened back to it, I realized that Epic 2 is so good, and I love it. And it's like such a highlight of Damon's performance because it's his voice is gorgeous and it's really highlighted in Ch- Epic two, because obviously it's just him singing It's a solo song and he has both his pretty falsetto voice. But then he also, uh, there's a few, there's like one point, there's one or two points in the song where his voice is very strong and very big. And, I like the lyrics too because it talks a lot about the conditions in Hades' town, and uh, and it's like I think it's the first time too that we are introduced to the River Styx as a river of stone, i.e. the wall that Hades is having his workers build. And so, like, I was excited to be like, "Oh, look! There's you know the Styx, the River Styx is a river of stone. That's so cool." So I I really like Epic too so yeah. much. So and I sing it again. I meant by Singability as well, and I will randomly start singing it and, like, realize halfway through, oh, I'm singing Epics too. so. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: none of the Epics made my list, but generally, I go back and forth, because they're, okay, I can't compare Epic 1, because it only exists on the Broadway recording, but... Yeah. I I go back and forth about which version of Epic 2 and Epic 3 I like more, because it changes depending on my mood, but Epic 2 is a very good song. I think I like that one more than Epic 3 just in general, but I really like Epic 3 too. Didn't make my list, but I wanted to mention that.
0: <laughs> what about the one that did make your list? Chant. The one
1: that did make my list is Chant 2, which is... I. I I, it came down to Chant 2 and Wait For Me too because I wasn't sure which one I liked more, but I just really like Chant 2. It's catchy. I like the role that the chorus plays in it. Um, I like the... Y- you kind of see this more in the Broadway recording, but I like the way that they... they You know, in Chant, their, their chant is keep your head low, keep your head low. Oh, you gotta keep your head low. But then the they go from that to they kind of break out of that form and say like he said he'd shelter us you can probably hear the train going by right now can't you
0: i actually do not hear a train
1: well there's a train going by right now we're going way down to hadestown um right down under the ground this one does not go under the ground but there is a railroad track there is a telephone wire and a railroad track if you keep on walking and you don't look back. Anyway, anyway. so, you know, the, the chorus kind of starts to break out of this monotony. He said he'd shelter us. He said he'd harbor me. He said the walls would set us free. I skipped a line there, but I don't care. And I like this one a lot because there's the dialogue between Hades and Orpheus and Persephone and Eurydice and... Am I allowed to use literary terms? Is that okay? I mean, why wouldn't it be? Okay. So I just thought of this. I never thought to put this word to it until about 30 seconds ago. But Hades and Orpheus and Persephone and Eurydice are very much foils to each other. Yes, they definitely are. So I like seeing them talk to each other and give advice for better or for worse to their sort of younger selves in a way and i really do like the lines between persephone and eurydice the most i also i'm i just i really like this sounds really bad but Hades' last lines to um orpheus where he starts he he's kind of reasserting you know like now i'm on my own i'm independent i don't need this woman i don't need love etc cetera, etc cetera. and he gets the end and he says i can dug the electric city just it's just like hits you. and i not in like a feelsy way it's just like a really powerful line and i just really like the way it sounds i also really like the line where he says women are so seasonal because it's a really great joke <laughs> um yeah that's his I wife is I Persephone, that. you know who controls the seasons um, yeah, and they are. cut that one out of the Broadway recording and I'm a, I really like the one on the Broadway recording. It's very different, but I like it almost as much. Actually, I probably like it just as much. But they cut that line and I was like, "Why would you let that good joke go to waste?" <laughs> but anyway, I enjoy yeah. Chant 2 is definitely my favorite. Um if I'm going to listen to any song from the live cast recording, it's going to be Chant 2 probably. So,
0: I really like chant yeah. two. My favorite line from there actually comes from Persephone talking to Eurydice from that song, whenever she says, Take it from a woman of my age, love is not a gilded cage, and all the wealth within these walls could never buy the thing called love. And I just really like that because it's also, it, it also helps to kind of show more the, the relationship between her and Hades because in the first chant, Hades is telling her, all these things you're complaining about, I'm building them for you, I'm buying them for you, I'm just trying to make you happy here, and you keep going back to the surface, and so he's saying, you know, well, you don't even want my love, and then in chant two, she's telling Eurydice that she doesn't want things, she doesn't want things to be built or bought for her to show love, she wants Hades to show her love I don't know, whatever her love language is. <laughs> she needs words of affirmation or something. I don't know. But I like that because, I don't know. it. I feel like it has a good, it kind of reflects the theme somewhat of what has been happening between her and Hades. So that's like one of my favorite lines in that. So I think chant two is a good choice, actually. Why, thank you. I'm so glad you like it. All right, so let's do our Broadway recording list now, if I can get to mine. Do you want to start with your number five Broadway song? Sure. So Kiara's mad that I did It's against the rules. It is not against the rules. Okay.
1: I I counted Come Home With Me and Wedding Song as one song because I wanted to include Come Home With Me, but I feel like you can't refer to it as a single song, even though it's its own track. I don't like that it's Because you can't just listen to it on its own. It doesn't make sense. It just kind of cuts off abruptly, and I don't like it. So I'm counting that with Wedding Song as one song, even though Kiara said it's
0: against the rules, because I make my own rules. It's cheating. It is not. Like, like I understand if it would have been one of the ones where, like, oh, it's wait for me intro and then wait for me, because for some reason they felt the need to split the speaking parts into intros, which I don't entirely understand, honestly. But, like, no, they're... It's not technically an intro for Betting Song. It's I know, but song. I feel
1: weird separating them. Why, Why? would you se- Because so- they belong together? Like <laughs> Orpheus and
0: Eurydice. Wouldn't you feel bad
1: for separating them?
0: No. You are but, heartless. So spoilers, come home with me or wedding Song, neither are on my wow. Broadway recording. I did Howard. consider I did consider Come Home With Me, but I never considered Wedding Song as part of that. I only was like, do I want Come Home With Me? And I'm like, eh, no, I'm going to pick some of these other ones. Though I do like Wedding Song a lot. It's really, it's like a folksy kind of Americana sound to me, mm-hmm. which I really like. So I think it's okay. fun, and it gets stuck
1: in my head a lot. I just think of them together, and so I wanted to keep them together. And you can't cheat at a game when you made the rules yourself, okay? But I'll allow
0: it. Five... Is Papers the intro or essentially the song because it's called the intro, but the other one is just an instrumental bit. So no I just think on papers, this, I, consider, I consider Papers the intro to be the actual song, and then that to be like an outro of sorts. But that's <laughs> what they have it as. I put it as Papers intro, and even now, I'm actually starting to ironically doubt myself because wow. I like papers, but the more I look at it, the more I'm kind of like, mm, but there's some other ones that could come that might fit better into that five spot. But I put papers. It might eventually change some of my songs that on either of my lists. Honestly, well, probably not my live recording, but for the Broadway recording list, I'm sure that some of my songs, the songs will move around, or maybe I'll lose some or gain some. But I like papers. I oh well, here's one that I did want to put together. If I could have, but I didn't because they're separate songs. I was going to put Come Home With Me reprise and Papers intro lead right into each other. And it pretty much should all be one song and a not. But I didn't because I follow the rules. You could have broken the rules. All right, listen.
1: Rules are for the obedience of fools and the guidance of wise men. That's something my parents told me. Are you saying my parents are wrong?
0: I've never met them before, so wow and she 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 thinks we're dating
1: and she's never even met my parents this is ridiculous
0: it's not my fault you live so far away (coughs) maybe if you would come see me more often and bring me flowers we wouldn't be having these relationship problems sorry well anyway um (laughs) i actually do really like papers as well
1: um that was almost on my list, and then I cut it in favor of Chant. Actually, okay, I was trying to figure out what was the last song that was going to be on my list, and it was between Come Home With Me and Wedding Song, Chant, or Papers, I think. No, it was either Papers or Flowers. Anyway, I had a really hard time putting the last song on this list, and I ended up deciding on Wedding Song just because I it, it's been growing on me a lot more lately, but I do really like Papers. And the first time it came out, I was like, wow, this is only a minute long and there's no singing in it. But I really enjoy listening to it because I really like, I don't know, I like Hades's lines in here. Okay, this is weird. Like, Hades is very much a terrible person in this whole musical. He's not a good dude and it's not just because he's a capitalist. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he He's not the kind of guy you want to be friends with, but he's a really good villain and just all of his lines are written so good, and I just love listening to them. And I love his dialogue with the other characters. So, I, yeah, anyway.
0: P- yeah, Papers is just so good because, like, that's something in the live recording, like, I never got the only time you really see. I was about to say Hermes, Orpheus. I had this problem the other day where I you always some re- get them mixed up for some reason. I don't know why. I think it's just like the E and the S sound at the end for some reason. I'm like, Hermes, yeah, sure. Uh, And it doesn't help that Hermes is actually in this. Therefore, there are two characters in the same thing. But but with the live recording, the first time I think you see Orpheus interact with Hades like when he comes to get Eurydice is, I believe, Chant 2, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Okay, I was listening to the live recording in the car yesterday because I was doing some driving and I have it on CD now. And they skip... like The live recording goes from... Way down Hadestown to, wow, well, way down Hadestown to, to chant to. And they skip like seven songs. <laughs> so I was like, like wow, I, I never knew this was a jump until I knew there were songs that fit in there.
0: Yeah, and some really good ones too, like Papers. And I know one of your favorites that I'm sure mm-hmm. will come up later. We'll, we'll talk about it later. Don't spoil it and people <laughs> won't listen. But yeah, so like with Papers, it was just like, whoa. I enjoy getting to see Orpheus first interact with Hades because by the time in the live recording, if they have you listening to Chant 2, Hades isn't, he doesn't particularly like Orpheus at this point, but he's not trying to kill him. Well, okay, he does at the end be like, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna count to three and kill you, but before I do, sing for me. But he's not wanting to, I guess, kill him on the spot, and he's actually talking to him and, you know, telling telling him blah 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 is an old man no longer young blah 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 women are terrible (laughs) that so it's it's just different and you and I guess there's a part of me it's kind of like well he should be more mad and then you get to papers which is the first time really that uh Orpheus interacts with Hades and it's wonderful because Hades is so mad at him and is very I think patronizing as well yeah patronizing
1: patronizing. Hades is also very possessive, and you see how possessive he is. You kind of see some of it in Why We Build the Wall. Why couldn't I remember the name of that? I don't know. You, You and I were talking about this the other day. He refers to his workers as his children. Like, he's this father figure, but there's also this idea of him being the authority figure, him owning the lives of these workers, and so he's very possessive of his property in a sense and so that comes across really strongly in papers as well
0: yeah that was something that whole thing with him calling them children that like whenever i heard it first i thought it was just supposed to be one of those sort of twisted father figure things kind of like tangled like mother gothel where like it's that weird I want you to love me or to stay with me, but I'm manipulating you and lying to you and not giving you a good life. But I'm sort of in, in a sense, brainwashing you into believing that I'm doing what's best for you. And that there is a kind of like a shade to that, an element of that, I think, but that's just all that I took it as. And then I don't even know why, but the other day whenever I was listening to, I can't even remember if it was the live recording or the Broadway recording, but I was listening to one of them and I was thinking about how call other people brother. And I thought about it and I realized, oh, whenever like Persephone is calling someone brother or Orpheus in living up on top of the live recording calls someone brother, it's a term of equality sort of we're brothers and sisters like you see it all around even in our own cultures and stuff and like christianity people will usually call others brothers and sisters in christ because you're a family because you believe the same thing and you believe that you're under this one person and like friends will sometimes say that like they're brothers or sisters or whatever and Even though you can have, like, older siblings that are, like, the authority of you or whatever, it's still a very equal term and, in a way, sort of a respectful term. I'm not saying you're below me. I'm not saying you're above me. I'm saying you're right beside me and I'm right beside you. And the only other person who uses a familial term is Hades, but he uses the pretty much exact opposite of what they use. Instead of an equal term, he's putting himself, like you said, above them you're the children you're not my brothers or my sisters you are the children you're gonna listen and so that was like so so fascinating to me that totally doesn't even really apply to this well no it does apply because you talk about papers but so yeah I like papers I really enjoy Hades I feel like Orpheus is a little scared of Hades in this and he's totally scared and, like, because, like, Hades, like, whenever Hades tells him, you better run, but, like, he, like, kind of yells it, and I'm just like, oh. Mm-hmm. And then he also, whenever Orpheus says, you know, like, well, I'm not going to go anywhere, I came to take her home, Hades just laughs, and it is just such a good, like, antagonistic villainous laugh, and it's so creepy, but it's I... so, all right, we need to d- go to number four. Yeah. We,
1: well, we well, now, now I've got two things to say. First of all, gotta love the English language. Second of all, we didn't even talk about Come Home With Me, and the best part of the whole musical, in which Hermes is like, hey, you want to go talk to that girl? And Orpheus is like, yes, please. (laughs) And Hermes is like, hey, Orpheus, don't come on too strong. And the next line, what does Orpheus do? He walks up to this girl and he says, come home with me? (laughs) And and Eurydice reacts as any sane woman would, and goes, who are you? <laughs> Not quite in that tone. But anyway, that's all I really will say about that since we do need to move on. But that's that is why I like Come Home With Me a lot. I think it's really funny, and every time I listen to it I laugh.
0: I, think, I can't believe we didn't talk
1: about it actually. Let's move on to number four. Um Thanks. I kind of already talked about this. I'm just gonna keep talking because Kiara already stole the spotlight for way too long. Uh-huh. So my number four was Why We Build the Wall. And when I said this to Kiara earlier, she was shocked that this was on my list. And I was kind of saying this when we were talking about papers too. I really like Hades as a villain. He's a really good villain. And obviously Why We Build the Wall is, you know, kind of a song where you're like, you don't really want to go around singing it perhaps, Um, especially in today's day and age. But I think it's, first of all, I think it's a really beautiful song. And obviously you're not supposed to take it prescriptively, if I can say that. Like, you you take it seriously, but you're also understanding that this is from the antagonist's perspective. The musical is not actively promoting this mentality. But it's a really beautiful song, I think. It's really written. It's written really interestingly, um, it's very haunting and I just, I was trying to decide which list I was going to put this one on. Cause I, they're so the live recording and the Broadway recording are so similar that I didn't want to include them on both lists because I felt like there wasn't enough of a reason to differentiate them. And I think I really like the, I ended up picking the Broadway recording because musically it sounded a lot better to me. I don't really have a reason for that because I'm not a musician. So Yeah. I'll leave that at that. I really like Hades' songs for some reason. Sorry, I'm a bad person. And a capitalist.
0: So my number four is me going back <laughs> and saying wow well, he's gonna
1: ignore me entirely, that's fine.
0: No, I'm gonna go back and say that what I like about Come Home With Me is also how innocent Orpheus just seems, and he just comes off as so naive, and I really like that because it's how he's supposed to come off, and Reeve does it really, really well. I don't have a lot to say about why we built the wall, though, honestly. I don't find it as beautiful as you do i like it i think it's a good way to introduce what hades has taught these workers and what they believe Mm -hmm. the fallacies that they believe and also kind of get the perspective of them kind of like how you're saying like understanding this is how they view the world even if you as the audience member believe that that's not how the world should be viewed so I like it. I whenever I looked up the lyrics before, someone pointed out that the lyrics build on the chorus lyrics. They build on each other, like you know, brick by brick, like a wall. Yes. And, which I think is really That's clever. Once that was pointed out to me, so I like that. But I don't even know if "Why We Build the Wall" would get to my top ten. I don't know why. Just rude. I'm not-
1: Okay, I'll add one more. Let me add one more thing since now you you gave me a counterpoint. I'm also just very fascinated by it because this is a song that's existed since 2010. It was on the original concept album. And so it's been around for a long time. And because of its subject matter, its cultural significance has changed over time. And I'm very fascinated by that because the lyrics themselves have stayed relatively the same. But the way people have viewed it has changed due to events in the world. So we don't have to go into that. I don't really want to go into that right now. But that's very fascinating to me.
0: All right. (laughs) I don't know what else you want me to say. Okay. Doubt Comes In is actually at number four, whereas the original Doubt Comes In from live recording was at number five. So you were saying earlier about how you like Doubt Comes In from the Broadway cast recording better. I do as well. That's why I have it a little bit higher. I might have even had it higher, but the other three songs, I was like, oh, I have to put those up there. I still love the touch that Damon had with it and the shaky, scared falsetto, but I think Reeve does such an amazing job as well of sounding very scared. And when he... I like that he gets even more lines. What was... I was making notes today of every single one of these songs, which was not my best idea. I made a comment on one of the songs and said that basically, anytime they give Orpheus more lyrics, I'm probably gonna like it more than the original. And several songs that I don't like as much as the originals are ones where they took some of Orpheus's lines away, either cut them entirely or gave them to other people to sing. So, I mean, if Orpheus, I already loved Orpheus and Dow Comes In, but if he can sing and have even more lines in the new Dow Comes In, I'm all for that. Like I said, I think Reeve does a really good job of conveying the emotion as well. And I do really like his, as you were pointing out earlier, the lines about, who am I? Mm -hmm. Because it's less about that I felt that he was blaming Eurydice, I mean, not blaming, doubting Eurydice, but just more the fact that it is more personal to him. Because even though I really like the lines, whenever he's singing in the original Doubt Comes In from the live recording, he's kind of talking the same way the fates are, where the fates are kind of narrating. He kind of does that as well, even though he's also in the moment where he's saying, you know, doubt comes in and my heart falters and forgets the songs it's sung. And so in some ways, even though the emotion is there, the lyric itself was a little detached. So I really liked in the Broadway recording where it's very personal, where it's his actual thoughts that are going through his head, not just saying, oh, doubt came in. He's actually saying, who am I The Hades would let her go? Who am I that she would follow me? Who am I that I can provide for her when I already messed up? Who am I that all these workers are looking to me and stuff? And I also like that in particular because it harkens back to the fates in Wait For Me and Wait For Me Too." Where both times they're talking to him and wait for me when he's going down to the underworld, they or down to Hades town, way down to Hades town, way down into the ground. They, they say, who are you? Who do you think you are? Where do you think you're going? Who do you think? Oh wait, no, it's like, who do you think you are to walk a road that no one's ever walked before, or something like that? And then and wait for me too. And he and Eurydice are leaving and like the workers are wanting to follow behind they say who are you who are you to lead her who are you to lead them who are you to think that you can hold your head up higher than your fellow man so they've always been kind of putting that who are you to do this or this or this or to be this in his head and so then you hear him repeat it in the who am I and finally repeating it it's just so sad and scared and I love it and they also he starts out by singing very quietly his motif, the law, la 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 thing. But they kind of establish in which he doesn't like every single song, but <laughs> they establish specifically in the newer version of Wait for Me that he seems to do that whenever he's scared. Mm-hmm. And so like you automatically realize, oh, the way he's singing, he's scared. So I love everything about the new Doubt comes in. It's amazing. Whenever I was writing down the notes for it for <laughs> This doubt comes in for this version. I just put my son. So that's how I feel about that song. Yes. What's your number we, three? We know Orpheus. how you feel about Orpheus. What is your number three? My number three is how long? Of course it is. I'm you, actually surprised that one wasn't, long, wasn't higher because you love that one so much. I do.
1: Of all the songs that were quote unquote added to the Broadway album, this is probably my favorite. I wasn't expecting to like it. I didn't even know it existed until they released these songs. And I was like, where did this come from and why is it so good? I, again, I think I just really like Amber gray and Patrick page. I think they're both really good singers and I like the way their voices sound together. If I had more time, I would have thought more about this and probably done some literary analysis and all kinds of fun stuff. But I, I will say one of my favorite lines of the whole musical is in the song when Hades is talking about the people and like, if you basically if you give them an inch, they'll take a mile, give them a piece. They'll take it all. Show them a crack. They'll tear down the wall, lend them an ear and the kingdom will fall. The kingdom will fall for a song. And I just, it's very poetic. It's kind of cheesily poetic in some ways, but it also mirrors the situation in that, the kingdom does eventually fall for a song because Orpheus sings Epic three for Hades. And that is the whole, that is what convinces Hades to let them go. That is what convinces, that is the song that reminds Hades and Persephone of their love for each other and kind of starts to put an end to this cycle of hurting and starts to bring the world back into tune as I forget which song it is that says that, but That whole sort of thing. So, I don't know. I really like this song. I wish I had more time to think about it. Maybe if I thought about it more, it would be higher on the list. But right now, it sits comfortably at number three. My number three
0: song is the Broadway version of Wait For Me. Not a lot to say about it other than I really like Reeve's voice. I really like some of the changes they made. My favorite change they make, which I do, I originally did not like the Fates butting in. I really do like them now, especially since you see it come up and wait for me too and dad comes in my favorite part of all of it is the bridge it's the first time i was watching like i think it was like theater mania or broadway.com or whatever put up a few clips of the broadway songs and stuff and they yeah up,
1: I, re- I remember um, what
0: video you're talking yeah, about of yeah of orpheus of breathe as orpheus doing that part and i was just like I love those lines so much. I really like this. And I also like it because it does also show, I think, some more of his fear too. Kind of just like whenever he's singing because he's scared and stuff. So I really like the that one. I actually do like it better than the original Wait For Me because they do bad, those things. So that's my number three. What is your number two? Well, actually, I guess I should do my number two real Go quick. Go ahead and do your number two. My number two, which even now as I look at it I wonder if it might become number one because I just really really like it is wow. true I really like if it's true in my notes on it which actually were the notes that were throwing me off right now honestly mm-hmm. because I had said that it's sad and yet intriguing to watch Orpheus as he becomes jaded and bitter about the world around him and then I also pointed out how this is when the workers the Hades town workers start waking up so to say. Mm-hmm. Because they actually we learned in Way Hades Town Two, which almost made my list at one point. Oh wait, no, it's Way Hades Town Reprise in the Broadway version. Correct. I I I just automatically call them, you know, one and two and stuff. But the only ones that keep that numbering are the epics in the Broadway. Because there's three of them. Because you couldn't really call the
1: third one the Reprise Reprise. I feel like that's reprise against the two. rules.
0: <laughs> reprise times two. <laughs> not making my... okay I'm sorry I'm laughing because I'm thinking I was just thinking about it like if it was like epic and then epic reprise and then the third one was just epic here we go again I yes. don't know why I laugh but that made me laugh for some reason I laugh at stupid things oh. it, it sounds terrible but I'm a writer and so I like whenever as a writer you're able to break a character and watch them change, and that's what happens to Orpheus here, is that this, I don't think this is the first sign of him starting to mature. That comes back in Come Home with Me, reprise whenever he's talking to Eurydice uh, and he says, whatever happened, I'm the one to blame. And she says, no, and then he says, you called my name. And I think that's like the first sign of him starting to mature and realizing I should have been there for you. But if it's true, like, is, like, the moment that it all just kind of comes and his worldview is being tested and his resolve is being tested, I just really, really like it. The more that I look to it and the more that I think about it, I'm such a sucker for, like, character development and just characters in general that, like, it's just so complex and wonderful. I feel like
1: you're neglecting an important part of if it's true, though. And everything you said is very valid. Because this is Orpheus... This comes right after, it's not just so much he screwed up and Eurydice is gone, but now he's fixing it. Everything's going to be okay. This is after papers and nothing changes where he's kind of seeing, oh, these are the consequences of my actions. And he's not sure if there's anything he can do about it. The part that I think is important is he's jaded and cynical in this part, but there's also at the end where he says... I believe we're stronger than they know. I believe that we are many. I believe that they are few. And it isn't for the few to tell the many what is true. So, like, he kind of... Like, at the end of the song where he calls the workers to action, in a sense. I really like that.
0: Yeah, I like that. But I still think that there's a bitterness that he still has that isn't that he doesn't think he can go and get Eurydice. He has come back to believe that realizing
1: that not everyone is good, but he's also realizing that just because not everyone is good, doesn't mean that he s- can't take a stand.
0: Yeah. So, so there's,
1: so,
0: there's sort of point this point.
1: loss of innocence, but also this understanding of one's own power and influence. Yeah. And okay. then uh,
0: well, was, that a, was that number my, two?
1: Yeah. So my number two is chant reprise. You may notice that it's equivalent, Chant 2, is number one on my other list, but it's actually lower on this list, not because I like it any less, but because I like another song more. I really like, I actually wrote something about this somewhere else. Hold on a minute. So with Chant Reprise, I mentioned earlier, I really like Persephone's instructions or advice to Eurydice. And I'm a little bummed that they cut it out of this because for the live recording, it worked in two ways it gave persephone some depth of character and it also kind of showed a way that eurydice is beginning to understand how bad things are in town and starting to regret her decision to come there however in the broadway recording we have songs like how long which shows persephone's sympathy towards orpheus and eurydice and we also see how Eurydice comes to these conclusions about Town in Way Down Hadestown reprise and flowers, which almost made the cut. And I'm still conflicted about whether or not I should have included it, but so it goes. But basically the role that Persephone's lines in chant two played wasn't, was kind of negated. So I'm okay with it. I'm still a little sad. What I really like about this song is the addition of the choruses lines where they break, in Chant 2 they break from the keep your head low mold, but here they really do, and even though it's multiple people, the chorus is almost a character in itself. They have an arc in which they're inspired by Orpheus and Eurydice to take a stand against this oppressive figure if Hades. I really like the way that Hades addresses Orpheus in this song a oh, lot I better. I love the um, new lines. Uh, he starts off they they changed some of his dialogue I think but he says yeah. young man gotta hand it to you. guess you don't scare easy do ya are you brave or stupid son doesn't matter which one I and love just, that so it's much. so harsh and so like in his face and I'm like we've established that I really like Hades I'm sorry
0: it got mad at me whenever I really like Scar right yeah I really like Chan 2 I really really wanted to Chant Reprise, yes! I do like Chant too, but Chant Reprise, I really almost... I tried really hard to figure out if I could get it on my list, and I almost did, and then I did I really do like it, though, and I wish I could have, I guess, found a place for it. I actually was kind of going between if it's true and chant reprise because they both have similar things i like like i pointed out how and if it's true the workers start to wake up and start Mm to you know say they hear orpheus they see him they're listening to him but like you said how they break the form in chant reprise is even way better than they do in chant 2 yes and it's so good, and I love it because I like I like whenever they talk. I don't even know what you would call it. I'm sure there's probably like a musical or a musical term maybe for it, mm-hmm. but where they're all echoing each other, like yeah. the, if I raise my voice and there's like five of the people who do it, and then mm-hmm. can I change my fate? And then I also just like whenever the music drops out, and then yeah. you know everyone comes in together and says like, can we change the way it is? Yeah, like it just gives me it's, chills.
1: It's interesting. It's The music is very visual in a sense because you hear like one or two voices like if I raise my voice and then you hear the rest of the chorus kind of yell keep your head low like more voices come in to kind of try to suppress the people who are standing up like the one or two people who are standing up and it's sort of in my head it paints this image of like one person steps out of line and everyone else is like hey don't do that that's bad.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's something I never. <laughs> I have a very, very vivid imagination of just not always good. So, like, I've imagined, of course, like what it might look like with Hades Town, but with Chant Two, I never chant really for freeze or Chant Two. No, Chant Two. Okay. With chant Two. I never got that. I never really imagined that the workers were starting to step out of line. I mean, yes, they do. You know, sing the thing about how. You know, he said he'd shelter us. We asked him to harbor us and why are we building this wall now and doing this? But I guess maybe it's just the way that it's presented musically. It doesn't give me that visual image. But like you're saying with chant reprise, just somehow the way the music is arranged and the way that the the line the lines themselves that are changed and like how musically how like one will do and the other will do, and then like you said, they kind of are all saying, No, keep your head low. Paint such a better picture and there's like and then even the lines themselves because in the first one they are kind of question in chant two they're kind of questioning are we really free but in chant reprise i think it's better because they're like actively questioning like why are we building a wall and calling it freedom why are we digging such our a great line oh the, uh, yeah they're such good lines so i very topical i, I think i've kind of almost even talked myself out of not having chant two on the list and I chant reprise and I kind of want to put it on the list but I'm not sure where I'd put it but yeah I agree I like it
1: I'm glad you agree with me that was our number twos so we're on number one now do you want to tell me about your number one my number
0: one is chant The very first chant, not the reprise. The original chant, if you remember from the live recording, was at number three. And this one is at number one. I'm actually genuinely curious because they don't sound that much different to me. So as I've been going through my list, I actually do kind of want to put it lower. I think I would almost want to put if it's true at number one. And maybe put Chan at number two, but why I put it at number one, I think, was because although they don't sound totally different, that was the one that started changing my view of the characters because that true. That was the one where you get that I finally got that whole Orpheus is in his head and he's not taking care of Riddick like he should be. Said he would yeah I guess for me that was like the first time that was the first indication of the Broadway album that I was going to get a whole bunch more of that character development and of course I've already said that like I love that I love knowing about the characters so to me as much as I love pure cinnamon roll Orpheus I also like seeing oh he does have flaws and he is having an issue and it sparks interesting conversations about is it good or bad to be idealistic because maybe you're seeing the good in people and the good in the world, but are you also neglecting real issues because you're too in your head or something? And I am an idealist. So that is like, that, that's something that's interesting to me to think about. Mm-hmm. And I like that approach with Orpheus and maybe that was present in the well, not in the original live recording mm. chant, but maybe it was present in other songs in the original interpretation to the musical. I don't know. So that was important for me, I guess. But then mm. also, you, then you add that on to the fact that I've already said how much I love singing like Persephone and Hades lines. So that is already, you know, makes it up there in the top five. And then there's that. And then something I specifically pointed out to David if I was listening to it that I which I've always liked ever since I first heard it. But yes. this is specifically what I said. I said, I love Orpheus's new lines and think this version of the song does a better job at showing how oblivious, how oblivious and harmfully naive he is. It makes right. you want to much more sympathetic to me. And then I put, I also love how Hermes tries and fails to get Orpheus's attention. And the whole time that Hermes is trying to get his attention Orpheus is talking about Hades and Persephone are the ones that are blinded and deafened and oblivious to the world above, but then you know it's kind of the but whole. Orpheus is oblivious too. Yeah, and like that's what I. I totally didn't
1: it. even notice that until you just mentioned it. That's crazy. Yeah, that's
0: what I really love is like Hermes is trying to his attention, and Orpheus is completely you know blinded and deafened mm-hmm. by what he's doing, but then he's saying, "Well, Hades and Persephone are." It's so, like I like that too because it's it's kind of that in a similar play on words or play on a trope thingy, yeah. kind of like how we're talking with some of the other songs, where it's like both literal and figurative. Where here it's not really literal and figurative; it's more he thinks it's one way, but he's not seeing his own thing. And then it also shows you how I guess I feel like we've used the word of oblivious too much. I feel like it then shows also why it's harmful The Orpheus may be in his head because he can't then see an issue with his own behavior because he's too focused on someone else's. So I think that's why chant got so high, though I am definitely not opposed to putting maybe like if it's true at one and maybe eventually I will. So what is your number one? Um, If you don't have anything more to say about chant,
1: I do have things to say about chant. Actually. All right. It almost made my list. One of my other favorite lines in the musical is on the, is in this song when Orpheus says the gods have forgotten the song of their love.
0: I just like it.
1: I don't know why. I also like the way that chant echoes some of the earlier songs in the musical when Eurydice asks, is he always like this, talking about Orpheus? And she says that in Come Home With Me. She says it kind of jokingly to Hermes, I guess. and Because, you know... Orpheus comes on too strong and she just kind of goes like, oh, is he always like this? Kind of like joking, teasing in a way. And here it's said again, but it's a much more irritated way. It's like, is he always like this? Like, is he always this oblivious? Is he always this careless? But I didn't like all that enough to have it make my list. So sorry, I'm a heathen. My number one is actually Wait For Me Reprise. So, again, if you wanted to make it to the equivalent on my other list, basically the top two spots are switched. Okay, so before all the recordings started to come out, uh, there was a live performance of Wait For Me Reprise, which, for whatever reason, the person who uploaded it just called it Wait For Me. So, you're wrong. But... It's a really good live arrangement. It sounds really good. And I listened to it and I was like, I love the way this sounds. And then they came out with the recording and it packs a lot more of a punch than the live cast recording does. I think I love the way that Eurydice's lines at the end, echo Orpheus's lines at the end of wait for me. The addition of those lines is one of my favorite things, but I think I just like the way that Eva sings them better. Sorry. I'm not sorry. And I think, I don't know if this is actually in the Broadway recording if if or if I'm imagining it because I watched that live performance a gazillion times. I think Persephone is singing some background vocals or harmonies on the, when Eurydice is singing, wait for me, I'm coming. And sort of, so it, in that sense, it echoes like, you know, Eurydice is telling Orpheus, wait for me, I'm coming with you. But Persephone is also telling Hades, I'm coming back to you. Don't worry. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm, you know, wait for me. I have to go back because otherwise the world is out of whack. But just wait. It's gonna be okay. I like it a lot.
0: Yeah, even though Wait For Me Reprise didn't make it onto my list, I have no issues with it. I really do like it. I also, I really like Eva saying that as well. I still am partial to Reeve because I just I love Orpheus, we've established that, but really? I think Reeve I, not Reeve, I think Eva's voice is absolutely beautiful, and I think, I think she does a great job as well doing I it. Love and I love like her so how she much. Happened. And then I also, I like, of course, the Fates, as we mentioned before, coming back mm-hmm. and kind of putting that doubt into, almost at Hermes again, into Orpheus's head, and I of, they didn't change Hermes's lines from chant. I mean, not chant, oh my goodness, I'm all over the place. Wait for me. from Wait for- wait for me too, but I already loved the lines from Wait for Me too, so the fact that they didn't change Hermes' lines and Wait for Me Reprise was fine with me, because I always really liked those, and then, of course, I know that you you and I both really like the exchange between Persephone and Hades, which of course was always there, but again, it's still included, which is wonderful, and yes. then one the of the chorus lines was- too. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. I love those the whole theme that runs through the Broadway recording more than it ever did a live one of the workers and their situation and them learning to come out of it. And you know, that wonderful that's wonderfully shown in their lines. They're like, show show the way show like, the way the world can be. Oh yeah. And then like they're like, if she can if you can do it, then so can she, and if she can do it, then so can we. And it, it's just pretty. And I really like it, so I, I don't know how it didn't make it on my list, because I, like I said, I have no complaints about it, but I, I think it's a worthy first one for you. I think it works. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I'm glad you think so, because I'm not changing my mind.
0: <laughs> earlier today, earlier whenever you were like, well, I'm glad we agree uh, agree on something, and I was about to say, you still, you kept talking, excited so I didn't say it, but I was about to say it doesn't happen often. No,
1: it really doesn't. That's why we started a podcast together. that we can take our arguments to the public sphere.
0: Well, I had more to say about Hadestown, but... But we've also
1: been recording for two hours and 11 minutes.
0: Yeah, so... (laughs) You know what? (laughs) Maybe we will make this a two-part episode. Maybe we'll do one in the future, Mm -hmm. or who knows what's going to happen. But (laughs) I did enjoy really doing this. I'm so glad that we both discovered Hadestown and that we get to share it together. And it's a wonderful musical, you need to check it out. I'm mm-hmm. going to put all the links that we talked about and if there's yeah. any can think of, like maybe the live I'll put the live performance. I might put some of the others maybe any other live performances or show clips in it just so you can see it. And yeah, so I think that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. The moral of the story is we both love Hades Town. And we're both bad at time management. Yes, exactly. I literally had like probably like a week or more to make my list and make notes about Hades Town because we had decided we would do Hades Town and I don't remember when I brought up that we should do the lists. But I had time to do it. And today at like one in the afternoon, I we were like planning to record at like six or six thirty at night. And I was like, I probably should make these notes. But then I realized that I wanted to listen to both the live and the Broadway recording again and listen hmm. to some songs back-to-back so that I can make notes in the moment, and it took like four hours. <laughs> so I'm terrible at time management. I don't even know how I keep up with like editing the podcast and stuff. It's crazy. But anyway, I have anything else to add, I guess? Nope. All right. Well then, this has been Unreliable Narrators, and if you'd like to talk about Hades Sound with us or anything else, you can reach us on social media we have the links in the show notes as well. I'm on Twitter at Kiara Kalmy. That's K-I-A-R-A underscore K-A-L-M-E-Y. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Writer Mags. And then you can reach the podcast account where we put up every single new episode and also just some fun extras like how we put up a picture of Maggie and I in Harrisburg the other weekend hanging out together. So if you want to see our faces yeah we're not on, just
1: random voices on the internet we are actually real people if you can believe it
0: i i, I promise that we're, we're real we're totally real we're totally not robots or anything but you can find that on, yourself. on <laughs> we're on the we're on twitter and our podcast twitter account is at unreliable pod also shoot us an email if you have an essay on why Hades Town is amazing i would love to read it so send it on over to unreliablenarratorspod@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And also, a quick reminder, we'd love it if you guys could rate and review the podcast on any of the platforms you listen on, because it helps get us out to more people. It helps the algorithm realize, oh, hey, people like this. We should recommend it. And it also will make us really happy, and you wanna make us happy, don't you? Yeah, it was Kiara's birthday this week, so if you forgot to get her a birthday present,
1: you should leave us a review online.
0: Yeah, I'll accept that, it's free. All it takes is like maybe five minutes of your time, if not even that. And then Mm -hmm. also share it with your friends, let people know what we're doing. They might not know we exist yet, and we need you guys to help us spread the word. And if you aren't already, follow us on our social media so that we can interact with you because I know we're hoping to do more episodes that maybe have questions sent in by you guys someday or have certain topics suggested by you but first we got to get more people actually following us and interacting so please do that and we appreciate everything you guys do for us so bye bye